This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. There was nothing bright about me. So, and I think that had everything to do with it had everything to do with the fact that I was carrying baggage. And pain, years I was of carrying deep rooted pain and issues. And so when I met him and he told me, I would have these moments where I would be triggered by anything. And I would literally, he would, we would be in the car and he would look over and I would be having a full meltdown silently because I wouldn't want to make it a big deal. He would say, Didi, breathe and let it go. He was like, it's me. Mm. You, can, you can do this it's with me. me. I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm Latera Saul Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latera Saul Whitfield. Let me tell you something. There's nothing better than two souls joined together in holy matrimony. And I'm so excited to speak with this next couple. Now, they're newlyweds, y'all. They've been married less than six months. She's a professional background singer. Her credits include uh, singing with Myron Butler, Kurt Franklin, uh, Bishop T.D. Jake's group, uh, Grace, uh, Tori Kelly. I love Mr. Tori Kelly. Darren, I don't need to introduce me to her. She's so dope. Uh, now, Bruce, now he's a man after my own heart because his professional background includes acting in film and television and musical theater. He's a professional musician. His credits include Bozzy, Rashawn Patterson, Kelly Price, Chrisette Michelle. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My friends, oh boy, the Elliots, <laughs> Darian and Bruce Elliott. Welcome, y'all. Oh yeah, I got some applause. That sound all official. All I need is a whistle. You understand me? That's it. You Man, good. how y'all doing? We're good. We're good. Listen, yeah, absolutely good, Darren. <laughs> now, the reason why I have you on here is because when you posted your wedding photo, I saw so much joy, I saw much, so much peace, I saw so much freedom, yeah. and I said, I'm gonna have to talk to him and let her get through her her <laughs> newlywed things that y'all doing because I know y'all probably keeping that bedroom things active. Busy. <laughs> amen. Somebody, I let the church say amen. <laughs> So I said, I'm going to let y'all go ahead and do what y'all do, but I'm going to definitely have to come talk to you, and, um, and I want to meet this brother, Bruce. Oh, man. <laughs> Bruce, what you been doing, man? Uh, you know, taking care of my wife and family and, and creating, and, you know, since we got this COVID thing, trying to oh, stay yeah. sane. And <laughs> so know. how does it feel to be married, y'all? 
I was married before um, for almost 10 years, um, was in that relationship for a total of about 18. 18 years. 18, almost 19 years. So y'all grew up together. Ap- well, I, I, well, yeah, because I was 16 when we met. Uh, and then we basically started living together like the day after my graduation because I moved out of my oh, mom's okay. house, got my own place. Um, and then a month and a half into us living together, I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, um, had her in 2001, got pregnant again in 2001 with the second um, daughter, had her in 2002. And we just sort of, we just sort of dated. We broke up uh, for about three years and us getting back together was us getting married. I mean, how, how, how transparent are we being? Are we going to keep it? Okay, so so, so let, me, let me go and tell you what, what this podcast is about. Our motto is keeping it lit. We're going to live intentionally and transparently. Okay. And so people can't heal unless we, and that's what I used to hate about churches is yes. that people will tell you, yeah, we've been through some things. And then you go through some things. For you like, sure. what, did y'all go through this? Because I don't think, sure. yeah, you go through this. Sure. But no yeah. one is actually telling you what you've been Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Well, and so. You, you, you got the right one. <laughs> talking about lit. Okay. Because. You're going to keep it 100. Oh, God. Because this is the thing. I knew when the day that we got married, I knew that I was making a mistake. I knew that I was making a mistake because I knew ultimately that I really wasn't ready to be. I didn't want to marry anybody based off of an ultimatum, but I did it because there were so many things going on. We had two kids at this time. We had two kids. And so everybody's thing was, Didi, you know, he's the father of your kids and you don't want your kids to grow up with a step parent. So let's go head on and do this. And I just knew that day that it just wasn't it. And especially when the woman that you're dealing with outside of me shows up at the wedding with family, like really ready to be married herself because come to find out she had a wedding day planned for two weeks after when me and him got married. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was engaged to two women at the same time. I guess so. I never looked at it like that. But when I look back, you know, hindsight is always 2020, more than 2020. Got to be worse than that. (laughs) You know, a woman showed up to my wedding ready to fight me and tell me that this is her husband that I'm marrying. And I went through with it anyway. This was at your wedding. At, at the, the wedding. Was it before the wedding, during the reception? before the wedding. She stayed outside the entire time. And you decided to get married because of what? I feel like I'm married because of maybe like an internal pressure that I had. Um, I am a very mental person. I live in my head a lot. And so I'm having these conversations with myself like, Didi, you've been with this man, you know, five, six years, whatever you don't want to still be with him 10 years down the line. Cause if you don't push him to marry, he's not going to marry. So let like, I don't want to be anybody's girlfriend for 10 years. And you got married at what age? I was 23. And you stayed married going on how many, almost was it 10 years or it was almost 10 years. Yeah. It was almost 10 years. years. What made you decide to say, you know what? I, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. So I think I started having, there was a shift just in my life uh, at the end of 2011, going into 2012, uh, my pastor preached a message, a series of messages called Live on Purpose. And, and who's your pastor? 
Bishop Jakes. Okay, none other than the Bishop. I just want you to just <laughs> throw that name out there real quick. Bishop, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Dexter Jakes. Come on, somebody. Um, one of the best pre- out there. One, literally one of the best. But just he was preaching. He's he been, he been killing over this last He's, couple. I don't know what's going on. So this is the thing. I feel like COVID then kind of. Done did something. <laughs> It done did he's something. always been dope. But he's but doing something else. Yes, he's kind of hit another stride. <laughs> and I didn't think he'd go any higher than that. Yeah. It's like, I just sit there and I was like. His revelation and thought process will always have you just. Because, like, he'll preach a message that you've heard the topic yeah. all of your life. Yeah, turn that thing And then to... you're just like, wait, I never even paid attention to that. Where did you get that <laughs> you from? You feel like you ain't never read the Bible never. before. So he preached this message about living on purpose and, and it resonated so much with me that I think what started happening was God started working on my mind, but he started working from the outside in because I am one of those people that faith is a thing, but I really honestly need to see something working tangibly in order for me to be like, okay, this is what's up. And that weekend I get a call from a friend of mine saying, Hey, I have a session with Kirk Franklin on Saturday, and he wants to know, can you come and sing alto? And I was just like... You hadn't sing with him before? Never. And I was like, what? So then I do that, and it goes from that session, can you come back on Monday? Can you come back on Thursday? And after a while, that's just what it was. (laughs) And then that summer, I get a call, hey, let's put together a group, let's go and do the sing-off. It literally took off from there. I haven't stopped working since 2013. What, what was the name of the group that you went and did the sing out with? Boy, that's some vocals there, boy. Ten. If y'all well, don't know about Ten, <laughs> oh my God, today. The amazing Deonis Cook <sighs> and uh, Chelsea West, better known as Peaches, put together boy. this group of 10 singers mm, and mm, we went mm. and did an a cappella show. Fast forward to about 2016, um, August, I go to a show. I had been singing with Chrisette. Um, I sang background for Chrisette Michelle for about three or four years. And earlier in that year, we did our last show together because Grace was starting. So I was going from singing background with Grace to being in a a five, you know what I'm saying, member girl group. And we needed to focus on that. So I quit singing with Chrisette, started singing with Grace, but at the same time was still moonlighting as Tyrese Gibson's background singer. (laughs) And, um... August comes, Chrisette comes to Dallas to do a show. She calls me and says, hey, I want you to come to the show. Uh, I go to the show, and he is her MD. Okay, come on. Here and we that's go. how. Here goes this connection. Here we go. <laughs> so that's how it was. I went to the show. Did But the thing was, I had no clue of who he was, had never met him a day in my life, had never even heard his name. But we have mutual friends. So me and the mutual friends went to the show together. He comes down after the show, and the friend introduces us. And I was just like... You know, okay, yeah. he, this little young boy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, he cool, whatever, yeah. that's it. We were planning on hanging out after the show to go get something to eat, and I was asking him, hey, are you, you know, you coming to get something to eat? And he was like, well, I got to wrap up everything here, but I'll let, you know what I'm saying, our other friend know. And I kept asking, which is so unlike me, because I don't ask questions of men multiple times. Right? <laughs> oh, she said, I don't ask questions don't. of men multiple but times. But I she kept don't. asking him, are you coming to eat? And he was like, okay, cool. So he calls later on, and, and our friend goes back and picks him up. And we're sitting at a table that was pretty much just like this. The only open seat was in front of me. He comes and sits down, 
And he was like, so what you think of the show? Because he's the MD. Yeah, so, yeah. mind you, he's coming into a situation where I used to be the BGV on the gig, and he had to hire two new BGVs. So, so when y'all sat down at the table after the show, you're married at that time, right? I'm, I'm married, yeah. Was there any type of chemistry whatsoever? No, not in the beginning. Like when he sat down yeah. and asked how was the show, I said, "Oh, the band, you I th- I thought y'all were dope. Y'all aren't as aggressive playing as what I'm used to." But I was like, "I thought that y'all were dope." I said, "Now the background singers, you you probably need to get some more because that that wasn't it." And he was just like, "Well," and my other friend was like, "I mean, you wanted to know her opinion, so here we go." And we kept talking. The rest of the table was talking, mm-hmm. and at some point, there was a there was, there a, was moment, a moment. But it was, but it wasn't it. And it's weird when we when we like tell people this story, and you know our friends and stuff like that. It wasn't that we. It wasn't a moment that we knew at the time. But when y'all look back at it, when we looked back at it, it was like. Yo, do you remember when we did that? And yes. then it was, and it was, but that was, it was a thing. So basically, what happened was we were talking, and like I said, everybody else was at the table, and we just looked at each other, like literally, looked, and it felt like it felt like you know, it felt like the restaurant was empty, Everybody and it was literally <laughs> just us, and it probably it felt did. like it was like for like five or six minutes, it but did. it probably it only happened for like thirty seconds, yeah. maybe. But it was, it was that, and I think that at that point, that's when. I, I really said what I felt, you know what I mean, just in my spirit. I was just like, our souls knew what was going to happen. But that was, but that was, you know what I mean, that was it. And I, but after that, you know, we just, we just really, be, it, I think that that was kind of like icebreaker, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And so we knew that it was like, okay, well, we're going to be connected. We're going to be friends. And that's basically oh, what it was. Neither one of us was thinking right. this Trying is to going to be right. a relationship so because she, he had a girlfriend yeah I was in a whole you relationship had, you had a whole relationship <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> was married so, yeah. and kids Mm-mm. running around at the house so it was just we that, were just that's be just friends. what so it was 2012 then that's, uh, 2016. that's 2016 that's yeah. 2016 okay so 2016 this is when that occurred yes um when was your divorce so you go back home. I go back home. Life. And, and, and the thing was, and what I, what I want people to understand is, I did not go back home acting like somebody's wife. Mm-mm. Acting, I never acted like oh, a wife oh, from yeah. the beginning. No, no, you didn't. I did nothing. <laughs> no, I did. Didn't. I literally did not. <laughs> when I tell so, y'all even know she was married, I said, <laughs> she married? I be trying to stop people's business. Yeah, I be having the, some questions. The crazy thing was is when we actually met, even like just throughout that night, yeah. I knew where the relationship was, and I didn't even he never her. said nothing. I to never me said about anything it. I don't about even it. think that we talked about me being married no. until a couple of days after he yeah, got back to LA. For sure. And he was just like, So you're <laughs> he was like, So you're married? And I said, I am. And he was just like, So like what what is that? Yeah. Again, he wasn't he wasn't asking it like, oh, no. I'm trying to see what's up. No. At this point, we've had hours upon hours of conversation yeah. and we're just basically sharing our, you know, our yeah, life yeah. with the other. And I told him, I said, I have been in the, I've been planning to leave. I just have not, I kept saying, I haven't felt the release Mm -hmm. to leave yet. That's interesting when we say we haven't felt the release. Totally had, we just hadn't recognized the release. Yeah, because multiple releases. Yeah, some people, some people, they, they go through that. Some people need that. Then like she said, for, for Didi, it's a thing of where I need to feel something 
tangible. I yeah. need to because moving, moving, moving in like straight faith or anything like that is not. It's a struggle. It's, it's a struggle for, for her. So oh, it is. So you need you're a logical person. Oh yeah, Very for logical. sure. She and needs somebody I to really, be like. Yep. Leave. That that would actually be the best way. <laughs> you know but what I mean? To, so it took. Did it take him to tell you to leave? It actually it took him and I getting into an argument and him saying the next morning he left the house and texted me and said, I think that we should go our separate ways. Now this wasn't this wasn't what year out was of the normal. This though. was okay. December twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. And the thing is we would get we would get into arguments and he would always say at least for like five years before that, he would say, you know what, I don't think this is going to work. We need to just go our separate ways. And I would always just be like, man, whatever, because I did not feel confident in the fact that I could take care of my kids by myself. Yeah, I did not, I didn't have Terry and Trinity for me to raise them alone. And I was really trying my best to, I just wanted to know that I could do it by myself. And for some reason, I had been fooled into thinking. Now, mind you, I've always worked. Always worked. I've always had a job. I have always been able, on paper, to take care of my kids by myself. Something we say psychologically to ourselves. But for some reason, I didn't believe that I could do it for real, for real, by myself. And there had been so many discussions with me, with my mom, with whoever... And I just, for some reason, it didn't click until December 2016 when he told me that. I started packing my stuff. When he came home, I was gone. The kids were still there. I left. Where'd you go? I went to a friend's house. Went to my friend's house at 2 o'clock in the morning. The kids FaceTimed me crying. Uh, They were like, you know... um, Dad told us that you left and you're not coming back. And I told them, I said, when y'all get out of school tomorrow, I'm going to come and pick you up. I said, if you don't want to go to school tomorrow, you don't have to. You can just wait on me. It's cool. Because at this point, Terry and Trinity had been seeing me and their dad fuss and fight all their lives. So when when I went over to the house to get them the next day, when we got to my friend's house that evening, I said... Um, how would you guys feel about me and your dad not being together anymore? And these little girls gonna tell me. We thought we thought y'all was gonna leave a long each time other ago. a long time ago. And I, I hear said, that all so the time. you mean to tell me that I stuck I around, around for and y'all and y'all already said that we should have y'all could come and tell me everything else, but couldn't tell me, you know what? I just don't think but then it isn't their responsibility to recognize what you should have recognized as an adult should have recogn- already known. Yeah. So that was it. There, I want people to be clear on what this is. I never one time when I left had a discussion about going back. When I left, I knew I was gone. Oh yeah. And so the biggest thing for me was getting the getting over myself to be able to file because I still didn't file for months after that. The divorce was final in what, 2018, right? Yeah. In 2018. During this whole time, y'all are communicating with each other. We're communicating. Just... We're, we're basically building this friendship yeah. that had already been building from the day that we met right. because the second conversation that him and I had the next day after we met, I told him about being abused by my dad. What made me look at him differently, but I still try to make it still just be platonic. But what made me look at him differently was when I told him about being abused. And the first thing that he said after that was, can we just, because I said it and then kind of moved on to something else. And he was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we take a minute and just, can we pray real quick? And I was just like, can we pray? No one has ever said, 
can we pray? What, what are you doing? So he prayed, and I was just like, okay, this is new. I've never. Hold on. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so when she told you uh, about the abuse that she's been through with her father, this is in the news. It's everywhere. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about it uh, that, that follows her. What did you hear in that moment? What role? Were you just a friend in that mind? Yeah. I'm, like, or did you feel like that God speak something to you before that moment and say, you know what, this is a person you're going to be with, but just let just just fall back a little bit and let me no, work straight. No, that didn't come till later. Literally, what she's talking about is this is the next This is the next, the day, next day after, after we met. Oh, so in 2016. Okay. So we, we, we wound it back to 2016. Yeah, it had to yeah nobody yet. knew, you know what I mean? Nobody knew okay. that. Yeah. But yeah, I think at that point, just because... It's so funny when you like, oh, you know, can I get to know you? That never happened. (laughs) We literally was just talking. You know what I mean? And she was just like, that's when we talked about your marriage. Uh Because I was like, so you, okay, so you're married. Like, let's let's unpack that. Okay, what, you know what I'm saying? What, like, where is that? Because like I said before, when we met, I felt where I kind of, I knew where the relationship was. And so I just wanted to know what, you know, what what you're dealing with. I can't call myself a friend if I don't know, you know, so... She told we talked about that, and then she tells me about her dad. The crazy thing about it is, is that people who know knew they know the relationship that they had. You know what I'm saying? Before, all, of course, all of this came out or whatever. So we would look at it just to be like, "Wait, what?" And so it was just like, "Okay, it's a lot happening. Let's can we pray?" And I think that. That was just natural, yeah. You know what I mean to me because that's just what I are. do. So I was just like, okay, we need to literally stop and handle this now because it wasn't necessarily a triggering thing at that no, point. It, it, didn't. it was literally just a conversation. Yeah. But you just, I think that I think that was just things that you know the Lord was just kind of putting in my spirit to do. I wouldn't say He was just like, you need to. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was literally. I felt okay at this point. Let's just let's pray and just cover it. Let me tell you something. This is so impactful, and I, I believe God gives us markers in life, and mm-hmm. those are markers that we go mm-hmm. back to to find uh, a defining moment in yeah. our relationship. Yeah. And uh, talking offline to Darian, this is a defining moment because of something that happened with her husband. Yeah, unpack that and talk about why we're calling this a defining moment. So, in the beginning of uh, my relationship with my ex-husband, um, I was, and and when I say beginning, it's I'm eight months pregnant with our oldest daughter, and, and I'm living years with old. my I'm 18 years old. I'm living with my mom and my stepdad, and my stepdad and I have always had a volatile relationship. It was just a known thing in my family, amongst my friends, whatever. This particular day, we had gotten into it, and I was sitting in a chair. And I'm huge pregnant because at the time I didn't know I was eight months. My doctors were telling me that I was seven months. So, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm huge, feet swollen, whatever. And we get into it and he said something to me and I said, you can kiss my blank. Your ASS. Yes. And he said, now my ex-husband is standding behind me. He's with just his your boyfriend hands. right yep, now. He's my boyfriend at the time. He has his hands on my shoulder. And when I said that, my stepdad responds and says, it ain't no good because your dad has had it. And I lost it. Like, when I say I saw nothing but red, it was like a 
it was like a bull and a matador. Like, I'm out of here. So I'm screaming. I'm throwing stuff. And he was like, you know, you getting out of my house today. And I was just like, I don't care. I don't have to be in your house. So I got my stuff. And I went back to my boyfriend at the time's apartment. I'm trying to get his attention. He's not paying any attention to me. So when I finally do get him to talk to me, I said, what is your problem? And he was just like, man, why you ain't tell him to get off you? Why you ain't tell him to, why you ain't tell him no? And I was like, why didn't I tell him no? And at that very moment, I know this was the Lord that I heard tell me, that is not your husband. I didn't trust the Lord enough to be able to hear what he had to say and saying, well, you know what? This is the best route for me because that's my father. I didn't look at God as a father at that time. I looked at him as this all-powerful being that if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to have to suffer my wrath. And I just sort of felt like my marriage was the result of me not, not trusting. So when people would say, uh, did you ever pray for your marriage? No, never, not one time. Never went to the Lord and asked him anything about my marriage because I felt like I was out of order when I did it. There's no way that he's going gonna to come and bless it. And fix there's it. no way that he's like, going God to bless, bless it mess. because I went against, I knew I wasn't supposed to be marrying him anyway. So that's my, that's a deep concept because that's it interesting is. because that is, that makes all the sense in the world. It's like, when you know that you're, it's almost like saying, God, I'm going to go sell this dope. Yep. I need you to protect me. Yep. I need you. I need to make as much money as possible. Lord, yep. I need you to bless this. And God be like, I'm not in I that. didn't even. And so that's the thing. Like, and I feel like so many times we put the responsibility of keeping a marriage together on women in the church. And, you know, you don't hardly ever hear. If, you don't hardly ever hear about a situation where two people are apart and people are telling that man, you need to, you know what I'm saying? You need to pray for your wife and yeah. you need to go and get your wife. It's always since since we since it's become public knowledge that I got divorced before me and him got married, it was a thing of well, Didi, you know you need to you need to pray about reconciliation. Why is it on me to pray about the reconciliation? Like when I say I can't stand with church, it just gets, that, that is so annoying. It, to it me. doesn't make sense though. We got to make it make sense though. God, it is because we're not talking about people's real lives, yeah, you're not bro. Living in the marriage, you don't you're know what not. that person is going through. You don't you know no what idea. you have no clue. And this is the thing. And you got to trust their their spiritual maturity to know that Please. they're the ones that chose to get married to this person. They also reserve the right to get a divorce. That's, I tell people all the time. Bruce does not come from dysfunction at all. How he's able to recognize dysfunction that's, is because his lens has always been different. That's what I was about to say. And that's interesting. So that wasn't intimidating to you. You, you, you get with a woman that has what, what, what's considered, and I hate using this word yeah. because I don't never call baggage baggage, but by public opinion, it's called baggage. Mm -hmm. She had this ex-husband that, I don't even know if he even cheated on her, if you can call it that. He just had an open relationship with other women. Yeah. And so he just had a lifestyle. He just messed with other women. Uh, she comes with a package because she has these two amazing daughters. Mm -hmm. And and she has this story, this history of, of this sexual abuse from her father. Mm -hmm. And now this is what you're taking on as a wife. And you come from a non-dysfunctional background. Mm -hmm. What was going on in your mind during that time? How did you process all this? The only way that I can answer that is God told me that this was my wife. That's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think in, in 
it's just with church folk and just all that kind of stuff. People say that all the time. It's just like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen and da da da. No, it happened. Like he literally, he told me that, you know what I mean? This is my wife. I remember what I was doing, where I was at, what was going on. And then I think it was like two weeks uh-huh. later, uh-huh. he he confirmed it with me and then he confirmed it with her really yeah and said and so i think at that point i'm just i'm just a person like i said i'm a creative and and i i really love god it's not a thing of where you know i'm just, i got to be displaying and show yeah. whatever it's i really love him and i really trust him and i just feel like i'm the opposite of where she was before it's literally just like okay well he said it so you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to get done, but I think that's our problem is we try to figure out. We 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 try to figure out the how. I think when with us as men, when we deal with uh, a woman or we're trying to get to know a woman or we're trying to date a woman or whatever the case may be, it's literally in that in that space, especially if she has kids. We kind of push the kids to the side and it's just like, oh, OK, just cool. Well, I'm going to deal. You know, I'm going to yeah. deal with the one. I know she got kids, but I'm go and, and, and that's not how that's not how you deal. You know what I mean? You no, <laughs> you don't. When you get a car, you buy a car. You don't just get the car. You know what I mean? You, you got the maintenance. You got the note. You got the maintenance that got to come with it. Insurance. You know what I'm saying? You got insurance. There's so much stuff that you have to, and that's the thing that we don't call that baggage. So at the end of the Ooh, day, you teach right now. Is, Hold on, you can't, just, you can't just you can't just walk away. Right <laughs> Darren, did you hear this? Did, did he just always. preach a whole word just, right there? Always. No, I'm talking about. Did you just did he just preach a whole word he right there? He preached a whole word. He compared. <laughs> This to a car, uh-huh. and he had to break it down in a physical sense for people because Come on. there are people like me who need to see it Come on. broken down physically. We don't call that baggage. We, we say, okay, we got baggage. this gap insurance. We got we this insurance. We got that. this. You gonna say you got that car? You got all that baggage? Which nope. be like, oh, you got this new car? It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Take me for a ride. In that's there. it. And <laughs> like those are her kids. No, yep. they're our they're kids our because kids. that's they're my responsibility. Have you and been married before? No. Have you ever been engaged before? I've been engaged. What made the engagement not go through? Um, that was, that was her. She, there, there were, she was very influenced, um, kind of at the time. And I mean, we were young. I think I I was 22. Oh yeah. And, um, but I mean, for me, I was just like, okay, cool. Like I'm ready. I've been waiting for my wife since I was 12. So, 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 okay. So you're a musician. So let me, let me break this down. You're Mm -hmm. a musician. Now musicians, y'all can. Mm -hmm. Have y'all mm-hmm. pick of the litter? Y'all can mm-hmm. have all the women that you want. Yeah. But you were a man that wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? I'm, I'm lucky because I still have a great grandmother that is, you know, alive. But my great grandparents were married for like seventy years. Oh, so my, that's what you know, is. my grandparents are married for like fifty, sixty mm-hmm. years. My my aunt and uncle they they've been married for thirty five years. Thirty three years or something like that. And my parents have been married for almost 40. So, so it's, you've seen it. So that's what, yeah. So your the, whole life. Yeah. And I never was that person. That is abnormal. It you is realize how so abnormal that is? For sure. Now here's the, here's the, here's the crazier part of the, of the, it being, you know, abnormal. I want to say all of those relationships, if not, if I'm not mistaken, was those many years, no infidelity. So at what point, so how did you tell her, will you go with me, circle yes or no? <laughs> when that moment happened? When did you say, will you be oh, my girlfriend? Gosh. When that moment? And was it a conversation of, 
hey, I'm not going to play games with you. This mm-hmm. is not, I'm going to go and date you, see what you like, and yeah. then we're going to get married. You're my wife. We're just going to go through this process. We had a lot of like hard conversations in the beginning because what we have to keep telling people, you know, is she was married. I was in a relationship. Yeah. We were friends. I was. I would call her to talk about my relationship and where it was in that it wasn't a situation where I'm like, yo, I mean, you know, we, we, we going through this. So, you uh-uh. know, it wasn't yeah. that I was, I think we were FaceTiming mm-hmm. and, um, cause that, that was, that was our, our mode because she's a texter and I hate texting boy, and I'm a, and I'm, I yeah, talk on the phone and yeah. she does not like yeah. that. So we came to the <laughs> compromise of FaceTime. Um, but we were, we were FaceTiming one day and literally it was, it was, it had been sitting just, you know, on my shoulder and I was just like, you was, wasn't living in Dallas, right? No, you were living I was in LA. You were in LA during yeah. this time. And I was just like, say it. And then I'll say it because I knew what you know yeah. what it, I knew what it was and the, the reason why I feel like it had to be that way was because saying things or whatever when it comes to her yeah, it, that's yeah. what makes it real yeah you know what I mean yeah, for you her you, you, it was already real to you yeah so I think at that point it was just like okay and so she said I love you I said I love you first and he wanted to make sure his thing has always been if you say it it's it validates what we're doing for right. sure because he can feel whatever he like, want to and you just because that's not that's not it's Didi yeah. like people don't understand like it, me coming me coming to her and saying I love you is not something foreign to her dudes say that all the time dudes say that even now in our four months oh of being married okay I know who I married a public figure okay I moved to you her city dudes, dudes every time they love you dude <laughs> you know. Stop. So oh, he but, tell the but truth. that's but that's 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 just what it is. So you know, I said if oh you say gosh. it, it you know real. what I mean. It gets real. Soulmates are mirrors. They literally are not telling you what you want to hear. Bruce is the only man that I have ever known in my life that was not family that could actually check me and would make me feel like. He probably has a point because is. Bruce would tell me he would just be like, that way of thinking is trash. Why would you <laughs> feel like that's okay? I told him one time, that's um, good. I told him one time when we weren't, I was, you know, I had already filed and all of that. And I told him if, if this is too much, feel free to date other people. And he was just like, why would you tell me that? And I said, well, this is the thing. Because I understand that you're a man and you're away from me. This is long. We literally were long distance getting to know each other for over a year. And so I'm like, you Hold know. Hold on, stop. Did you really mean that? I did. Oh, yeah, for sure. I so, mean, so, it wouldn't hurt, it, so it wouldn't hurt you. It would not have hurt me because I've set myself up to be able to cover me. Yeah. Even if I loved him as deeply as I did. I was going to cover me. Yeah. I was going to cover me regardless. But you've been doing that your whole life. And yeah. that's the thing. He was sent to break down all yes. of that. So whatever the chisel had to be, yeah. we were just going to have to deal with the fallout. But I was going to cover me 
regardless. I literally did not <laughs> allow myself. Those are some good stuff. I'm trying. I'm I, getting teary eyed right now because I understand the process and before I'm the promise. You, and the and people don't talk about that type they of don't. stuff. They don't. When we're talking about getting out of a marriage and then somebody coming to you as pure as he is, yes. you can't still be a brick wall with somebody this pure sitting in front of you. Mm. There's was, no way. I was I was willing. Like mm. I was. I think I think that was the thing. Not not that I think that was the thing. I was willing. I was willing to wait. I was willing to say, you know what? All right. If this this is what this is, then this is what this is. There was a lot of things that went with how she would say what she would never do. You know what, what I mean? Do you what, call, what do you say about yourself when you say that? I, okay. We'll see. I'm, Go I ahead, changed say it because it. you. Nah, you, you, you okay. Hear. So you I said. <laughs> so I when I say it, I say that. When I came to to Didi, I was basically all of her nevers. So it, it was sucks. Like, it, and I don't, I don't know why that's about to make me cry, but it, it no, it's beautiful. No, this is beautiful. This is some beautiful <laughs> stuff. So this is beautiful. But that's but uh, unpack that. Uh, but oh my God. so basically, what the reason, the way that I say it is, it is I'm younger. Yep. Um, I would never date anybody younger. Yeah, I would never date anybody younger. Six seconds, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, and so it's it's that it's um, you know I'm another musician. You know what I mean? And that was definitely a thing that she was not trying to you know deal with again. I'm light skinned, so that was a whole you know what I'm saying different type of situation. So it would it you know it was that, and then it was just certain things like I. I would kind of catch myself and be like, "Okay, is this another? Is this something else that she would? You know what I mean? That she (laughs) that she did that she was." Let me ask you this, Didi. Give words to those tears. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I'm sorry. Are you crying? I didn't mean. I didn't make me cry. Um. When, when he says he was, you know, my list of nevers, um, I just felt like. Even though he never made me feel like I was too much. He never made me feel like my life was too much. Yes. Um, I just didn't feel like somebody that was, on paper, people could have easily said, you're too good for him because I had this experience, this experience, whatever. And in reality, Bruce has always been too good. Bruce has always been too good for me. I have the potential to destroy him yeah. if we really wanted to be That's honest. Real. That's real. Because he's coming to me almost with a blank slate. Yes. He don't have any of the, he don't have the marriage under his belt and he don't have the random kids all over the place. And, you know, I'm coming in with possible debt from a previous marriage yeah. that yeah. thank God I didn't have to deal with. But he was just always too good for me. There was nothing bright about me. So, and I think that had everything to do with it had everything to do with the fact that I was carrying baggage. And pain. I was carrying pain. deep-rooted pain and issues. And so when I met him and he told me, I would have these moments where I would be triggered by anything. And I would literally, he would, we would be in the car, and he would look over and I would be having a full meltdown silently because I wouldn't want to make it a big deal. He would say, Dee Dee, Breathe and let it go. He was like, it's me. Mm. You can you can do this it's with me. me. So when all of the stuff happened with my dad and it became public, I woke up that morning. I kind of had, I knew that this was coming. 
because I had seen the other girls post two days before. And my mom and I had talked the previous night and she said, Dee Dee, I think that it's time for you to say, you know, what happened to you. And I was just like, I had been talking about being abused, but I had never told anybody who, who it was. was. Mm-hmm. And so when my mom said, well, Dee Dee, if I tell it, she said, will you allow me to tell it and protect you in the process? The only thing that made it okay for her to tell it was because I knew that he was here. And so I knew that I was going to be able to deal with it. So when I woke up that day, when I woke up that day and my phone had completely locked up because there were so many messages and repost and reshare, Bruce told me he took my phone and he said, don't respond to anything right now. We just have to sit in this. And that's what we did. We did that. I went to his house. Yep. And I stayed at his house for, what, two months? Four. What? (laughs) I wouldn't come out of the house. I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't do anything because my thing was he had already, I felt like God had already prepared us for that moment because I had that conversation with him the next day after we met. And he was like, let's pray. So when I woke up that morning and we saw all of the stuff on Facebook, Bruce was like, we're going to pray. I would not have made it through 2018 was the worst year of my absolute life because I don't think that people get there were two sides to my dad that I did not let everybody see there was the villain side of him that did not take responsibility for what he did to me and then there was the side of him that was just a really cool dad I could tell him anything whatever we were just cool so not only am I having to deal with the sudden death of my relationship with him. But then I'm also having to deal with the small whatever of me going through a divorce. The divorce was completely overshadowed by this. So when people say, I felt like my life was over after my marriage ended, I didn't feel that way. And I've learned now that I can't make apologies for the fact that I didn't feel. I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I was I was way too I was way too concerned with trying to keep my own mental stability right. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had it not been for Bruce because he was there every step of the way. Like I w- I started having anxiety attacks. I had never dealt with any of that before in my life ever. So I'm putting all of this on this man who came to me with nothing and he's just like I'm built to do this. Mm. I've never had to do this before, but because God told me that you're my wife, I'm built. I literally have been groomed to deal with this, even though he never had to deal with it before. Yeah, I didn't post a couple picture of us until August 2019. And then the next picture y'all saw of him was us getting married. Yeah, so people like, I got married fast. <laughs> like, boy, you understand? No. This, is, this is the process. We've been This seed been planted a long this. time ago. We, We were so solid, and we are so solid. Bruce and I have discussions Mm -hmm. where sometimes I will get too hype, and even my too hype with him is nowhere near what people have seen it be. Because Bruce, as laid back and as cool and, you know, whatever, there is... There he is, a dark-skinned man on the inside of light-skinned man. Baby, because you know how it is in culture. Light-skinned men just have 
traditionally been the ones that would just be like, eh, whatever. I'm a, you know, I'm too pretty for I'm this. I'm too pretty. I'm light-skinned. I ain't got to raise my voice. I don't have to raise my voice. And he won't. Bruce will literally sit there and tell me he'll be like, Didi, that's not how we communicate with each other. When I say I love it when people can do that, because that's opposite of me, and I'm trying to be like that. Like, my best friend, Kenny Latimore, is like, like that. And I was like, I want to be like you. I invited I invited Didi to a birthday party that I had. I had a birthday dinner, and I was like, if you just want to just get out the house, just just yeah. come to the restaurant. We just 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 yeah. let us love on you. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Got it. I said, let me Sorry. just love on you. Just come to the yeah. party. Just You ain't got to worry about it. We'll pay for everything. Just just get away. Uh, yeah. you know, she said, I'm just going to stay in this house. Yeah, yeah she I, I was at she I was couldn't. at his house and that was another thing there were a lot of things about me in that marriage that was not right I was not I will be the first one to admit that I was not a wife period to him I take responsibility for the fact that he may be damaged from something that I did or mm-hmm. something that I said I have I have not always been the woman that would uplift my man I have a way with words that will literally Cut, break uh, you uh, down break to your down. ankles. Yeah. And I did it constantly with him. So if what I said drove him out, if what I said made him feel like there was a vacation with somebody else, I take responsibility That's for that. Good. But that is those that that I did then is what makes me appreciate him so much more because Bruce is unlike any other man that I've met. Let me tell you something what's so beautiful about uh, what's happening in y'all's uh, relationship, y'all marriage. Not only are you providing healing for her, her daughters are watching. Yeah. Didi, when I tell you I'm so proud of your strength, you, you're, you. you're the epitome of what an overcomer is. And brother, I got to shake your hand. <laughs> because let me tell you something. I got to shake your hand because you are showing men how to level up and be a man. And I'm telling you, hats off to you, brother. And I'm telling you, I'm proud of you and I honor you as the man of God that you are. When I looked up what the word husband meant, it, it came out to be, it goes through the etymology of all this, but it says householder. And a householder is someone that can hold that house yeah. together. And as a husband, that's what we've been called to do. That's what we've been qualified to do. Most women who have a problem submitting to men is because they're not worth being submitted to. Oh, for sure. That part. It's definitely and when worth. she said, what, what, what you want? Whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> I've been told to please you whatever you like. Yeah. Coming to America on you. Yeah. So that's that's what it was and yeah. that's what we have to understand as men. That's what we have to understand as women. That's what we have to understand as husbands and wives. Yeah. Is that It's not a competition. No, not at you all. Know, it's like we are brought together to bring out the best out of each other. Yeah. And so I just want to commend y'all on y'all's excellent love journey. Thank I can't you. wait to hear more about it. I'm going to have y'all come back and hear what happens after <laughs> Year oh, one, two, or so much, man. It's, it's so, so much, much, and this journey is so beautiful. And uh, listen, I just, I'm just proud of y'all, and I thank y'all so much for taking time out with me for the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I honor y'all, and I speak blessings over y'all marriage. Thank, thank you. you. Let's give it up for the Elliots. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Future Wifey, I'm imagining us as newlyweds. The wedding is over and we've settled into married life. We are truly the answered prayer for each other. Finishing each other's sentences is the norm. Anticipating the needs of each other is our self-imposed gratifying quest. We battle with who can love the other the greatest. We compete with who can make amends the fastest, never allowing the sun to go down on our anger. We relish 
and God's sovereignty to be fittingly and so perfectly align us together to fulfill his purpose. We're humbled by the comprehension that we are the personification of God's love. God loved us so much that he blessed us with each other. Inscribed upon our hearts is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. And love is you. I love you. I love your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.